Okay, well, uh, welcome to another episode of Third Culture Africans. Uh, my guest this week, I feel like, needs very little introduction, <laughs> but I will do it anyway. Uh, she is a graduate from Central St. Martins, um, Chelsea College of Art and Design, has a bachelor's degree in textiles, and has one of, I would I say, the continent's most famous fashion houses and interiors. And she is a part of the Designers Guild and has worked with the Royal Collection showed at Buckingham Palace in 2010. And our guest this week is none other than Banker Kuku herself. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I feel like at this point we should have like applause. I think in live, the live sessions are a lot more fun because then you could hear like the applause in the background, oh, yes. and I love that. Um, <laughs> but I guess everyone knows, um, I guess, your iconic pajamas you. that you you created, and I think that would probably be, if anyone thought of your brand, that probably be the first thing that comes to mind. I yeah. think you were one of the first people to kind of take African inspired sort of patterns and designs and put them on a luxurious fabric like yeah. silk. Yeah. Um, but I would love for us before we sort of delve into career and all of that stuff mm-hmm. and accolades, whether it's, you know, the live with Netta Porte or any of those fabulous mm-hmm. things you've done, mm-hmm. which are incredible building a business out of Lagos, Nigeria and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for us to start with, I guess, your early career, like in terms of, did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Yes, I've always known. Okay. I didn't, well, I always knew I was going to be a creative. Okay. From a very young age. Okay. So like primary school age, but I didn't know what part of the creative industry I was going to go in. I knew it was going to be like fashion, yes. but I didn't know like what, I knew there were lots of different roles within fashion, yes. but I didn't know what it was going to be specifically. And so at what point do you have the conversation with your parents and go, hey, uh, I think I want to make clothes? So I so I went to St. Martin's yes. and I did my foundation there. You yes. have to do a foundation before you can do your, your degree yes. in the arts world. And I did, I did it in art and design. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, yeah, I, I feel as if I was just coasting. <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, yeah. which was good because I had a really open mind. Yes. And so I just kind of spoke to my parents. I just said I was going to go to art school. Mm. I didn't say I wanted to go into fashion. Mm. I didn't kind of, I just kind of left it very open. I didn't yeah. have to special, you don't have to specialize until after your foundation. Yes. So we just had the conversation. And so at that point, where do you decide, okay, I think fashion is where I want to go? Was there like so, a pivotal moment? Yeah, so so at St. Martin's you have to, so you, I think you have like four, like you have to choose four like different things within art and design. So it okay. can be sculpture, it can be, it can be 
um, artifacts. Yeah. So I chose um, fashion textiles, I think sculpture and something like fashion communications or something yes. like that yeah. um, and I just did them I didn't even know where it was I just I just kind of <laughs> had no expectations no but I love it because I think people always assume that somehow some way we all know what we're doing no I didn't I, I didn't either yeah. and I still don't <laughs> like general misconception is I'm doing a lot of a lot of things for the first time yeah and so like in fairness, you have the foundation, as you said, yeah. to carry on in the career that you started. But it's all not, it's, yeah. it's not clear. It's not, it's not at all. Sorted out. At 18, yeah. there isn't that much pressure. So you mm -hmm. can like literally be, li be living like well, a free spirit. With Nigerian parents, there's some pressure. But the th yeah, they may be putting pressure on yeah. you. But, well, anyway, I didn't really understand. Like, yes, my mom definitely was concerned because mm. she was just like, what are you going to do with this? Yeah. Um, my dad wasn't as concerned, but my mom was like, you really need to think about the future. Yeah. You need to think about taking care of yourself. <laughs> you can't, you know, how, yeah. what are you going to do with this? So, yeah. I mean, that that pressure was on, but then yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really think. I just thought... No, I don't know what's going to come about this. Yeah. But this is what I really like and which mm. is what I really love to do. And so I was, you know, at art school, doing yes. sculpture, not really having no idea where it was going. Mm. But then I stumbled across, across textiles. So when yeah. I did, the, so when I did um, the textiles classes, mm. I really liked it. And um, then they were like, I can't remember, there must have been like 30 or 40 people in the class, yeah. like big classes mm. at that point. And then they were, they had to choose. They had to choose fifteen from the, the the batch to continue on for the degree. Oh wow! Or, again, which I, I so competitive. It was very competitive. But you didn't realize that that was I didn't what was going. You're just having fun. <laughs> I love it. I didn't really realize. Yeah. So I just did it, and I was like, actually, I really, I really like textiles. So yeah. Had to do the exams and stuff, yeah. and I got into textiles, and I think that was it. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So your first collection that you show, you know, the graduates collection. Yes. How was yes. that moment? Because it's a thing. Yes. Now that's when you start to feel the pressure. So I yeah. think after your foundation year, mm. then you have to go on and do three years yeah. of the degree. And I think after like, once you go into your second year, then you start to feel like, actually, mm. what am I doing this? With yes. This? Where am I going? Um, and my final year project for in my third year, yeah, that was a lot of pressure. Yeah. A lot of pressure. Then you had different brands coming to see your work and like, different, then you know you go on to further exhibitions, yeah. trying to get a job mm. and yeah. And so at what point do you then go, okay, I'm gonna work for myself? Um, I was actually working uh, in-house at different fashion brands for a mm. while before I decided to work by myself. But I was doing it as like a side hustle. Yes. Like I was freelancing for other fashion brands as well, mm -hmm. designing textiles, okay. both in Nigeria and in the UK. Mm -hmm. And it just became too much. I couldn't balance the two. Yes. Um, so I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to quit my job. So at, at this point, have you had your, have you had any of the great things that you've had in your career? Um, no. Okay. So there was no like major accolade that was Pushed like me to do that it. you were going, okay, now I'm going to go no. for it. So it was just, it was just became like a balance. I couldn't balance the, the full-time job okay. and then freelancing yes. and the freelancing was paying me more. So, wow. <laughs> so I decided to leave the job. 
And, and so I had more passion for the Buddha. The idea that fashion doesn't pay in the early days, I think that's also something that I want us to talk about, yeah. as, if we can, in this mm -hmm. episode, is to really talk about the business of fashion mm -hmm. and the idea that people assume that you're either going to make a million bucks once you start because your collections are amazing, mm -hmm. um, or there's no money in, in fashion. Okay. There definitely is money in fashion, definitely. And it just depends where you are. Yeah. So you could, you know, a lot of people start as interns, obviously, mm -hmm. that's very tough. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about owning your own brand in the fashion industry, yes. um, of course there's, because people, everybody needs clothes. Everybody yes. needs clothes at all different levels, whether mm -hmm. it's the lower end yes. to the higher end. Mm -hmm. As your brand gets bigger, yeah. You need to upscale mm. and obviously things get more expensive yes production is tough sometimes yes. um so you have a lot of money in and money out mm. but then there are different ways of you know balancing that and mm. actually seeing your profits okay so let's talk about a few things yeah we can talk about perhaps should we do Michelle Obama wearing one of your clothes. Okay, so Michelle, <laughs> Michelle Obama. How so, does that come about? I was this, I designed some prints mm -hmm. for two fashion brands. Yeah, and she wore them that way. Yeah. So she wore both prints. of your prints. Yes. From two different designers. Yes. So at that point, were you known? No. But your work, yeah, which you had put under. To other designers, <laughs> yeah. serendipity or what? I know. So I think for a while I was more of a fashion insider. Yeah. And then when I started my brand, then I became my my work became more. Oh, no. Yeah. So when she wore it, was that a moment for you where you were like, okay, maybe I need to be out there because like. Um, see, I no. think so at that time I was still very much a textiles designer. Okay. So I was still doing fashion and yeah. interiors. Okay. And I think I was still battling with what do I want to do? Do I mm. want to go into fashion full time? Yeah. Do I want to go into interiors? And I was looking for signs from heaven and yeah. all sorts of things. <laughs> um, yeah. And actually that's something I really battled with for a long time. Mm. Um, so kind of knowing where you fit in. Yeah. Um, and also because I had a lot of fashion customers. Mm. So I felt like if I started my own fashion brand, it would be too much competition. Yes. Yeah. And then I would lose them all. And yes. then I just have this brand to push yeah. by myself. Um, so I wasn't really ready to make that decision. Mm. And then when I moved back to Nigeria, mm. then I made the decision because I felt that in, like fashion was much faster here. Yes. And interiors is very, like, very slow. slow. yeah. And people's taste was very different mm. from what I was used to kind of mm. working with when mm. I was abroad. Mm. So um, fashion just made sense. And then you open your own store. Mm. Scrap, scrap you know, doing it and having your collections in other stores. Was there a clear vision in your mind? Like, okay, I need to open my own store. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this. Because you've had experience working with other <laughs> successful <laughs> designers, <laughs> obviously in-house, you know, the cost of running that business. At what point do you kind of go, okay, I'm going to open my own store, take on the overheads, do my own production, do everything from end to end? Well, I opened the store, so I moved back to Lagos. Mm -hmm. I worked with some other people who were in the fashion industry. So mm -hmm. I kind of, so I'd never worked in Nigeria before. Yeah. 
just to kind of understand how people work here, mm. not just within fashion, just general mm. workspace. Um, I just opened my, so I had an, so I was offered a store mm. at where I currently am. Mm. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to open the store. And I didn't, at the point, I still wasn't doing fashion. Yes. I just had my cushions and scarves and mm. things like that. So I said, okay, well, I'll just open this space. Yeah. And every day I will go to this space and mm. I will, I don't know, just, start thinking and yes. I didn't necessarily see it at the time as a store. Mm. It was more like a like a space for me yes. to kind of figure myself out and mm. be creative. Mm. So that's what it was. And then, you know, then I had a really great customer who's still one of my great customers today. Yeah. And she wanted she had she had a scarf and she really wanted a caftan out of it. Mm. So I was like, okay, like I'll try. Let's, yeah. let's see how so I made her yes. one caftan and then she ordered more and then she brought her friends and then they ordered more and yeah. then I was like, okay, let me try and do something else like within that will still work with my interiors. That's why mm. I started doing the pajamas. Mm. And then it's one pair per, per it just it was very organic. It wasn't yeah. I didn't actually set out to have a it's not as if I sat down and had this business plan, I'm gonna do this. I, it yeah. was very organic. And so you make the pajamas. Yeah. Fam the famous pajamas. Everyone's ripped that everyone's ripped everyone. <laughs> has ripped the yes. blueprint of those pajamas yes. across the globe. Yes. Yes. At what point do you start to see all the different versions of this one pajama that you created? What did that make you feel? Um, at first, it was really intimidating because I was just like, oh my gosh, all these people like this. It's, you just kind of feel, and also when you work so hard to create something, yeah. and especially when you're in Nigeria and it takes, it's even longer because yeah. you have to design, wait until it yeah. gets all delivered to you. And so at first, I, if, at first it really did get to me. And mm. now it's just part of the business. I'm mm. so used to it. I, I even feel a bit awkward when I don't see. Really? <laughs> well, like, well, all Hold on, why haven't they copied this one? I need to copy it. <laughs> No, I know honestly, but yeah. um, I don't. I, that doesn't say people should copy, and mm. I'm not still not comfortable with copying. Um, but I just it's, it is because when I worked at Burberry or wherever, mm. it's part. It's it just it, you can never avoid it. Yes, it's part of the industry. Yeah, if you're making something for hundred pounds, mm. then I guess people who want it for five pounds have to have a market as well. Yeah, so you you can't really think of it as you can't take it too personal. Yeah, yeah. So. You mentioned loosely Burberry, mm -hmm. um, but you kind of cut your lettuce, as it were, Burberry, Christopher Bailey's team, um, and then the Designers Guild. For people who don't understand what the Designers Guild is, do you mind? I love their cushions, by the way. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they stuff them so well. <laughs> so the Designers Guild, so I worked with the Designers Guild when I was in my last year of uni because mm. I as I said I didn't really know where yeah. I was fitting in and I didn't know whether I actually wanted to finish uni yeah. at that point I thought I was just gonna leave before mm. it all ended and just start so I had great opportunities already so mm. I just thought if I if I let if I don't take these opportunities when I do finally graduate will I get them again because in, mm. in the creative industry you only really get if it comes to you you don't know when it's is done there's no structure yeah. Yeah. in that respect so um I was in between that, but you know, 
my parents would definitely have to finish. Yeah, like you, you have to come, you come this far, yeah. something else will come up. Yeah. So I was working there my final year of uni and um, so the designers guild, they're like, it's like an interior company mm. and um, they do like the most fabulous designs and prints yeah. and um, it's, it's, it's all from like, it's a British company as well. Mm -hmm. So um, just have a look at them. Yeah. <laughs> um, they have great cushions. Yeah, cushions. I can testify. Well, great fabric. So I think it was really, it was great that I had lots of industry yeah. experience early on. That really helped what mm -hmm. I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, and I think if you don't have in that industry experience, you can't really, it's, no. it's, it's very hard to do it. Yeah. yeah. And so, you make the one pajama that becomes many pajamas that yes. then becomes the pajamas of, of, of probably if it was a definitive style of pajama <laughs> for a particular like time period, I yeah. think yours wins the prize. Thank you. Like, you know what I mean? Like if someone says like, you know how you have the memes of like, you know, this is me in the 2000s getting ready to go to the club. I feel like in another 20 years, there'll be like this meme of this is us in 2010 or 20, 2015 or 2018 getting dressed to go to dinner and it's like all the pajamas. <laughs> um, but with that being said, you make the one pajamas and then all of a sudden there's this demand and then this scale. Mm -hmm. I, everyone talks about the challenges of scaling. Mm -hmm. And so how do you go from making one pajamas to making 200 pajamas and still keeping your head above water? So I think a lot of our scaling happened during lockdown. Mm -hmm. So the world was very quiet, mm -hmm. but some manufacturers were still open. So it was really good for us. So mm -hmm. like, for example, so we had, but not many people were in production. Yes. So the manufacturers were staying open, but they were really like, everybody was struggling at the yes. time. So they really valued people who were still placing yeah. orders. So I was really lucky yeah. because my manufacturers focused a lot on me and made yeah. sure my, like my fabrics and my buttons, everything yeah. was perfect. Yeah. And they would take me through different, you know, they will give mm. me different options. Do you want to try this? Do you want to try yes. that? So they had my time. Yes, yes. Whereas now they wouldn't, they wouldn't have time for me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. it. it really, so it was, so they kind of guided me through it yeah. a lot. Um, and I was really grateful for that. Mm. So a lot of our scaling happened during lockdown. And then after the lockdown, um, we continued basically yeah. and we just, built different relationships and obviously mm. when the world was open then I was able to go and see these new people I had started yeah. relationships with yeah. um which was amazing and yes yeah. Tokyo Tokyo yeah no, no, no. Tokyo? You have, yeah you've retailed oh yes 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 we retailed in how Tokyo. don't even know where you are going <laughs> everywhere um but again like a country like Asia yeah we don't speak the language yeah. um basic things like labels Right. Yes, yes. Like labeling in a language you don't speak. Yes. No, but the things you can, they, they allow you to label in your in your own language. Okay. Yes, you don't have to. Okay. I think if they if they want further, if they want to label in their language, then they can. Yeah. If they have, they will sort that out. Themselves. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. It works differently in beauty. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. You have to label with the right language, or else. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's oh, quite no. regulated. Oh no, fashion general. Oh, so you can just ah, oh, that's that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> um, I remember when you did the the pop up collaboration thing at Selfridges. Yeah. Um, was that a conscious choice to kind of take Bankekuku back 
to essentially an iconic shopping well, department store. Like so it, it was it was more of, it was wasn't a it was a permanent collection there. Okay. So we had my cushions there, um, okay. and that was through a friend just knew the buyer yeah. and said, "Oh my gosh, I could see your cushions there." And we emailed the buyer, mm. and the buyer was like, "I'm going to put them there." Okay. So, but it was perfect because it, then it would kind of put my brand on the level that I wanted my brand to be on mm. um, and next to other brands that I, you know, yes. aspired to be. So mm. That was really early. That was like my first, that was my first interior collection. So oh. it was just a few months into having my own Amazing. brand. So um, it was really great. It was a great experience and great learning as well. Wow. So when you, you get the Selfridges, you get all of this and then it's like, okay, pressure to keep going mm-hmm. at a specific level mm-hmm. how do you deal with that um i feel like this is the only level i kind of okay. understood i've mm-hmm. always worked in luxury yeah um from even when i was working at matches and when mm-hmm. i was in uni or from whatever what i've always really mm-hmm. that's what i really i don't i'm not that great at other mm-hmm. like at maybe at mass or yeah. So this is always I've, what you've yeah. done. So your fashion show you just mm-hmm. had last week. Um, I had we had another guest on the show who was saying if you don't answer your emails, <laughs> they're they're upset at you. By the way, <laughs> and in my mind I was like, but she just had a fashion show. Well, I'm sure she's tired. No, we're getting we're getting around. Yeah, to I'm it. like I'm sure she's tired. <laughs> It's intense. And you had a big collection. Yeah, we had a big collection. And it was a big night out. Mm -hmm. It was a big night out for all of Lagos. Yes. Um, How do you deal with the pressure of your collection each season being one that's anticipated for not just by like people in fashion, Mm -hmm. but like by by consumers, your actual customers? Because that's a different relationship. Yes, it is a different relationship. So this is the first time we've done a show of that scale. Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to wanted it to be bigger than what I did mm. the previous years. Um, and it, yeah, I mean the the, and I really wanted the customers to feel like immersed in the inspiration and the collection. Yes. And yeah, there is pressure. It yeah. Is, right? <laughs> it is, it is like, it's it's one it's, thing to be like to an editor. It's another. It's another thing to the people that you know, because yes. your clothes are ready to wear clothes. Yes, yes. And to have them be so involved yes. Yes. in your collections, yes. how do you navigate that? Um, so we, ha- I mean, we always have our customers obviously at the front, mm. at the front of everything. So we're used to constantly even on instagram it's all about our cuckoo tribe and mm. so we're used to them being very involved mm. anyway even with you know we if you shop from the store or yeah. from whatsapp or stuff yeah. you get you're able to kind of select the prints you want yeah and so we can we really through that we can really understand what our customers like how mm. they are constantly in communication with them so we yes. know like their moods, their temperaments, yes what makes them happy what doesn't make them yeah. happy so on the customer side that isn't that we're, we're used to that mm. but i think you know it's more on the design side because mm. you're putting your idea out for the first time and you don't know how yes. they're going to take it and they could just turn up and say oh god that was awful <gasps> oh no oh no yeah and there's nothing you can do it's like it's done yeah so um i mean we did put out teasers and we saw how people were mm. had, had taken to the teasers and mm. we generally have a formula that we 
believe works. works yeah. So, and and how do you leverage? Because we're in the social media age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about your Cooper tribe, and you've done some really um, avant-garde stuff in terms of bringing your brand to people. You had the live shopping event, yeah, Netaporte over lockdown. You were all the way in. Lagos and yeah, it was threads. I, 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 threads. Well, so it was threads. Yes, yeah, yeah, sorry, it was threads. Thread styling. Yes, yeah. I watched it. I was online. Oh, well, I, yeah, I watched it. I watched Thank it because I was like, from all the way from Lagos. Yeah, and it's a specific clientele. Yes, and like I try and follow as much as possible, like Coming everyone on the continent doing yeah. really cool stuff. Um, purely because it inspires me. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it is, if we're not turning up, yeah, we're not, exactly. when we can't expect yeah. for something magical to happen if yeah. we're not turning up. Yeah. And so that was, I thought, incredible. And I kept thinking was, gosh, I can't even imagine how many times you made sure the generator stayed on. Yes. The internet didn't work. Yes. I couldn't literally, I just kept thinking, gosh, like I, I would, techno stress would have killed me. I <laughs> you hear the beep beep and the, the fan and everything else. But yeah. you like, I think lockdown did a lot. It did a lot. And I'm actually a shy person. Don't say. Yeah. I mean, I, that would not have come across. I've become so much better. I think yeah. doing all the lives and stuff yeah. has helped me. Mm. But naturally, so when I first started, I yeah. just, I really struggled. But they worked. They worked in terms of one awareness, I'm sure, mm. and two in terms of getting the product in people's hands. Yes. How much of that evolution now do you feel is part of? your cuckoo tribe or your your oh, brand story now i think lockdown was like that's really when we scaled like yeah. we came the people were like more online and mm. so there was a lot more focus on just things that people will not notice now mm. you know people were constantly watching lives like no one yeah. really has lives now yeah you know? um and there was just everybody was online so because the attention was there yeah i think that really helped us mm. um and also because i had literally just set up everything yes I, I, that was like the that was the the christmas that was my first christmas as a fashion band yes i had set up all the stuff built like you know i had a workshop mm. and i had more stuff and then suddenly there's a lockdown yes. and i just thought oh my gosh how am i going to keep going yes so yes. i was working very hard. hard yes yes definitely <laughs> otherwise we had to close down yeah and yeah. i and i think that's the reality of lockdown right for a lot of brands mm-hmm. at the time if you didn't figure out a way you wouldn't survive yes it was survive. it was cut and dry yes, yeah. each time yeah. there was always this like conscious concern in my mind it's over oh my god can we survive another month are we going to be able to do it Yeah, and then you're, you're like in my case, my business is mostly B 2 B, so I'm yes. contacting my clients and going, "How's everything? Yeah, you know, are you guys back in the office? Because like being back in the office, maybe there was some movement, yes. and maybe there was some. And then were was you that, in London? Jingle, I was, yeah. yeah. And there was that back and forth period of them going, "Oh, wonderful, this is going well. We're going to come off the list," and then no, some countries are on the oh, red list, yeah. some countries are not. It was. I think yeah. things in London was, so, I mean, so so hard. Yeah. And you guys were on lockdown for much longer than we were. Yep. Um, and then you guys went on the red list, which meant 
there was not much happening. Yeah. Like no one was coming to no, Africa because no, yeah, yeah. no one wanted to get, get stuck yes, here. Yes, it was, yeah. Yes, yeah. Lockdown was, um, lockdown was really interesting. I just remember that well, in Nigeria, we went through a time where we were like, oh, I could never come here. And then they came here and then everyone's at home. And, but it was, it was, yeah. It, I mean, obviously this, it was a tragic time. Hard time. Yeah. A hard time. Helping you be smart with your money and finances is something we take pride in at Third Culture Africans. That's why we've partnered with Quitco, UK's number one cashback platform, helping people to get something extra every time they shop online with cashback earnings on over 5,000 brands. All you need to do is browse or search Quitco for great cashback rates, huge discounts and vouchers at all of your favorite brands and get a £15 new bonus credit when you join with our link. Earning cash back on your online shopping is easier than ever. Just hit the link below. How much of your journey would you attest to? Because like there's this whole concept of like overnight success, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if people don't know the years you yeah. put in before, you know, you're easily lumped into yeah this overnight. I yeah, yeah. A friend of mine was saying, "What well, we've been friends for a while." He's like, "Yeah, you know, um, this happened so quickly." I was like, "Really? <laughs> Do you think so? Don't you remember the days when I was on the phone to you yes. and we we're going through the whole?" Yeah, it's it's been really long. It's been a long journey. Mm. Well, I guess a short journey compared to what to come. Yeah, it's been. I've been doing this for almost fifteen years. So it's been, it's, it's a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. And there's just always, there's always this underestimation yeah. of, of time. Exactly. That people forget yes. that, yes. you know, an ATM was created many moons before we saw it. It was like yes. 38 years before yeah. it became mainstream. So can you imagine being the guy who created an ATM machine yeah. in the 60s? Yeah. And the first time, like anyone takes your invention seriously is until 1990-something. I'm like, I would be dead. Exactly. <laughs> I would be like... And then you're just tired. You're just like, you know, take Every it. day you've been trying to yes. sell markets. Nobody's yes. buying. Every day. You're like, this thing is going to revolution. No, yes. I like, I'm like, if I think of being him, I'm like, okay, I've created this thing that means people don't have to queue up at the bank. I can see, like, many reasons why this is going to work. Yes. And then all of a sudden, dead not yeah. even for like five years yeah. or 10 years. It's like dead for 30 something yeah. years before the first ATM hits mm -hmm. a high street. Mm -hmm. At that point, I would have already checked time. out. Yeah, I would checked have checked out. That's why I, yeah. after that, I'm just like, you know what, just have it, take it. <laughs> I'm not interested, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah. Coca-Cola Coca only sold yeah. one bottle in its first year. And I always say this, which is like, when people go, oh my God, um, don't you think you need to be? And I'm like, we, overestimate the time it takes a long time long time a long time even with design you take it takes a long time before you actually finally bring out something yeah. you have to try it and and you may bring it out this year and it just sits there yeah. and then next year suddenly everybody wants it so yeah. you just never know and there's also a, a thing around how good are you at your job because mm -hmm. everyone comes into entrepreneurship yeah thinking that if I'm a great designer, mm -hmm. I can run a business. Oh yeah, it's very different. How have you navigated being a creative 
in a business because fashion is it's such a business. Such a business. Of all the businesses, I think it's probably one of the hardest. Yes, it's such a business. So I definitely identify the parts that I'm weakest mm. and then get other people to do it. Okay. And then I have done, I did lots of business courses in mm-hmm. London, like Printers Trust. Yeah. I did a few others um, online and mm. I just, I think also working with other brands, you mm. kind of understand it that way and understand how they structure things and the build collections and the finance side of it. Yeah. So through that, and then also just through like experience and mm. making mistakes and yeah. not to do it again. But the biggest drive is, you know, you have to keep the business going and growing. Mm. So whatever it takes and don't like do things that you can't afford. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of goals, do you feel like you want to keep growing? 100%. How big? Bigger than ever. (laughs) (laughs) Sky's the limit. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Quick questions, because I love to do them. Um, There'll be a few. Um, Biggest misconception people have about your work? That it's quick, it's easy. Okay. All the time. Yeah, you know, especially when you do digital print. Mm. People just say, ah, you just print it now. <laughs> Express. Yeah, exactly. Express. But it's such a process because mm. you have to, you know, sample it, check the colors, make sure everything is consistent. Yeah. See how the, the sometimes some prints look better on one fabric and not so good on another fabric. So, yeah, it's a lot of people generally think it's like, you know, isn't she just doing X, Y, and Z? She's just scribbling yeah. on a notepad. <laughs> yeah. um, where does the passion come from for you? The passion comes, I'm just, I'm just, it's just always been part of me. Yeah. Like being able to create something and share it with other people mm. and also allow those other people to be part of the creation. Yes. Yeah. How different are you from last year? Wow. I think I am, I'm a lot more patient. Okay. I'm not so, because I think, I'm not so, I don't panic all the time. Mm. Before you could be panic, oh my gosh, if this doesn't keep Yeah. And then sometimes you go, and then you go to sleep and you're so exhausted because you panic all day long, mm-hmm. all night long. And that panic doesn't take you any step any further. Real life. You know what I mean? Real life. So, real life. <laughs> so I've kind of just learned to yeah. that, take my time, figure things out. Yeah. You know. And in the, in the beginning, you're pressed for cash. Yes. You all need the time. to sell. Yeah. And yeah. that is a real, fear it is a real problem where you're sat and you're like oh my god yeah but I've learned to also share Mm. with my team Mm. so sometimes when I'm just like hey look we have these before I used to carry everything Mm. so I would know the targets I wouldn't say anything and then I'm like and so now I'm just like hey look this week this is the target so Mm. it's your responsibility yeah it's your job yeah (laughs) um but yeah so I'm not as panicked um Mm -hmm. and I'm a lot more patient if you had to recommend three books that you read or have read mm-hmm. that have really influenced how you see yourself in your work, what three would they be? I think Tamara Mellon's book is really okay. good about Jimmy Choo and mm-hmm. her journey and how she, you know, she basically, you know, how she got into Netta Porter with her yes. friend and that that if you're if you're in fashion you have to read that mm. i can't quite remember the name of the, the book but i know it's, but it's her first book about how she started jimmy mm-hmm. um diane von Furstenberg. Book, yes amazing. love that book exactly love that so book. so yeah. good and then of course michelle obama 
becoming. How would you define success? Success is fulfillment. Okay. And feeling fulfilled within yourself and mm. being able to share that fulfillment with the people around you. So not all the press clippings. Let's add to the fulfillment. <laughs> success <laughs> just show me the money <laughs> show as long as i can pay my bills <laughs> you know like yeah i'm like let's be clear now <laughs> it's nice but you know yeah. um who influenced you for the most part mm, who influenced me mm. um i don't there definitely wasn't it's not a singular person mm. i just kind of I just, I, I'm, in, I'm definitely inspired by lots of different people mm. and trying to like, like for example, I love Michelle Obama's mm. part of her story and I like this person, this, and so it's just a combination of different, really strong women mm. and I try and kind of take what they teach in their yeah. stories. Yeah. How much of what you do, because like there's this whole thing about luxury and Africa sitting in the same sentence. Mm. It used to be so taboo to mm. attempt to put them in the same sentence. Mm -hmm. Now less so, but how much of what you do is is very conscious in continuing to maintain that? Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so we always, you know, we, we use the best of what we mm. can um, to tell this African story, Nigerian story mostly. Yeah. Um, and we're really consistent with that. So mm. I would I would never use like a cheap grade silk to mm. try and cut corners or try and also my customers are used to a certain level. So they wouldn't mm. even accept that at mm. this point. So I think it's and also it's a different way of showing Africa and mm. a different sophistication. It doesn't have to be, you know, what they always expect like yes the, you know the pots on heads and yeah all that kind of thing. <laughs> I think it's also, and the thing we yeah. don't live like that here mm. um not everyone lives like that so yeah and so i think it's i, I think it's really important to show the sophistication. Mm. and the thing is that nigerian and african design is very sophisticated yeah. especially when you kind of you know put it on a different background mm. or, and i think and people need to know that it's, mm. it's not just what they you know always think yeah yeah with you being, I guess, now as popular as your brand is, mm -hmm. how do you navigate the notoriety as a person? Because they're too, it, because it's one like your name is on the stuff. Yeah, it's not like you named it. Yeah, Claire's accessories <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's your name. Yeah. How do you navigate or separate the two? Um, I definitely, I definitely separate. I, I, for me, mm. I'm a shy person mm -hmm. naturally, so I'm not here then everywhere naturally. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I, it's like although it's called Banker Cuckoo, mm. I, I, I do see it as before. I, I had to separate myself because mm. when I first started, it was I was like real like this. Mm. But you have to detach mm. because when you get because obviously the business is hard. Yeah. And when it you know becomes when you go through the hard period, you yes. take it so personally because mm. it's a personal attack. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. But then it's got nothing, well, it has got everything to do with you, but it's yes. not like a personal yes. thing. Yes. So I had to learn to detach yes. from it, even though we're called the same thing. <laughs> 
how do you navigate now exchange rates? Everyone's talking oh about it. Oh I've been gosh. here. I was literally so this morning <laughs> calculating the numbers. And I'm like, so hard. how is it possible that it's costing, like, it doesn't even cost anyone in the UK that much just in transport? Yeah. Um, and what it costs now... It's hard. It's a hard... It's, it's a hard madness. It's, it's crazy because you have crazy inflation and then the exchange rate and then people are not anymore. No. So even if you're increasing your prices, you have to be very careful because there's only so much people will pay for something because they're not making more money. Do you know what I mean? So at the same time, you can't make a loss. Mm. You know, you have to keep your business going. Yeah. So... Uh, how, how do you deal with it? Because there was the, in the beginning, I guess with brands like yours, there was yeah. that conversation around um, why are you charging so much? Yeah. Because you're a Nigerian brand. Yeah. Um, I mean, why do we charge so much? Because we use obviously very top quality mm. fabrics. The process is very expensive. It costs, the products cost, cost. you know, yeah. to make them. That's a win. So we're not just pulling numbers from the sky, mm. you know, um, and, you know, we, it's, it's the exchange rate thing is just unexplainable. It's just very hard. It's, it's tough. And so navigating now in this economy, mm -hmm. as everyone, everyone calls it this economy, but it's a global problem. Yes, it is. Because people are like, oh, things are so crazy in Nigeria. It's just, it's everywhere. So crazy everywhere. In, in the UK. Yeah. The, Cost of living yeah. is crazy now in the UK. I went to the shop. A bar of Nigerian-produced soap was 3,500 huh? naira. I almost fell off my seat. <laughs> I was like, three like literally, £3.50 yeah. for a bar of soap. Yeah. And this is not fancy soap. This is just like, you know when you go into supermarkets? Really like, just a, like normal... Medicated soup. Oh my gosh. And I thought to myself, and like I looked around thinking, am I like, maybe there's something wrong. Like maybe, maybe someone wrote something yeah. incorrectly or surely this has to be like 350 mm -hmm. naira or something. Mm -hmm. No. And I thought to myself, in some ways, things are much more expensive, basic things yeah. that shouldn't be so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. As like suya, there used to be one pound, one naira, 150 naira a stick. Yeah. It's now 2,000 something. I'm yeah. like, I better think of something else to eat because it's not sustainable. But it's crazy. Yeah, it crazy. And it's bleeding into so much. So yeah. how, how are you as a business owner for the most part, living within this ecosystem mm -hmm. of having a global client base, which you do now have, mm -hmm. and facing these challenges across continents. Because for yeah. everyone, it's slightly different. Yeah, yeah. So for everyone, it is slightly different. Yeah. People, but generally, there's, uh, there's financial mm. issues throughout the world. Mm. Um, I think so the, what we do is that we have now a much wider range of products. Mm. So, you know, we have our mesh, like what yes. I'm wearing, which is comes at a much cheaper price yeah. than the silk so, pajamas, yes. the feathers and the embroidery. Yeah. So we have that almost like almost like a bread and butter product. We know yes. that, that people will pick that up without thinking too much. Yeah. And it's not so financially heavy for them. Mm. So, and and then we have of course we have a very high-end products yes. which you know we you know try and keep we try and have limited editions mm. so it's more 
if people appreciate it more, it's more desired, you know, with this collection, we have some like um, beaded pieces, which we're only going to make a certain number. Yeah. You know, so people do, so people feel like they're more special. Yes. And I think people will, you know, continue to spend money on, on, on clothing that's good quality, yep. um, that they could keep for a longer yep. amount of time than, okay, it's kind of expensive, but the, the, the quality is bad. Yeah. So I think the key thing is just maintaining our standards, which mm. is so expensive. Mm. Um, and, you know, a lot of brands get very tempted and they start to cut corners mm. and use cheaper things. So what we, do, we just did was to create a product that wasn't so expensive. Yes. And that has really helped. Yeah. And from a sustainable perspective, mm-hmm. um, and it's something that you know, the whole world's talking about fast fast fashion, mm-hmm. how sustainable are these practices? Should yeah. we should we as creators be thinking about sort of abandoning this idea that there should be multiple collections every year? Yeah. Um, and how, how do you see that? So we don't have collections. Mm. So we so our, our collections are have they have names, they don't have seasonal. Mm. So we don't do the SS. Mm. But, um, Automata. We just we just drop collections when yes. we can. Although we're now trying to do two collections a year, mm. just because we want to kind of be on we want to be on a fashion calendar. So we yes, can, we can kind of focus. We can also spend some time mm. working with international stockists, and yes. they require certain things. Yes. Um. So I've just mentioned the thoughts. Sustainability. 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 So we don't. Fashion, so yeah. we sell. We sell. Like our first print is still selling. Mm. As long as there's demand, we're selling it. Yes. But we don't suddenly say, okay, well, because the season's over, we're not selling it anymore. Yeah. We can't get it again. Yeah. No, we don't do that. Mm. So it's, it's really helped actually. Was it conscious for you to kind of go, okay, I'm going to create Evergreen and this is not going to be dictated by. Yes, that was conscious. And trends? Trends. We feel like we set the trends. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> if the shoe fits, <laughs> if trends. the shoe fits, girl. No, 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 but we still, no, we still try it. We still keep on top of the trends. Yeah. So, you know, if like mini skirts are in, we'll do our own version of the mini skirt. Mm. Um, so we, 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 we do, we do, we do. Yeah, setting it is okay. <laughs> you heard it here. It's set. If you need to know what you mean, it's next season. Tune in. The show is amazing. Thank you. Um, and this show is all about giving you your flowers. Thank you. And being in an environment where we could speak within ourselves openly about the nuances of running a yes. business yes. within an industry that is creatively competitive. Yeah. Not just even like the comp- like the competition around the business of it. Yeah. The creative yeah. competitiveness yeah. is insane and being able to do it in an in an environment where people's demands are so clear very clear like customer demands are clear yeah i'm like this is crazy Mm -hmm. so i i i had a look and i was like okay i went on like a whole bunch of like online websites going okay i'm trying to find like different brands Mm -hmm. let me check out the landscape and i was like okay i need to understand these business models because Half of the brands make you wait 10 working days before you get an item. Yeah, or longer. We have a pre-order system. Yes. If it's not available, if like the print isn't so because mm. we let people order from 
whatever collection. Yes. Sometimes they may want a print that we haven't actually had mm. on ground for months. Yes. Or even years. Yes. So, but we still give, because we order frequently, yes. so we give people the opportunity to pre-order, which okay. does take, can take up to eight weeks. Okay. Yeah. But then if it's available in Nigeria, it's, if it's not at the store, yeah, then you can wait between a week and 10 days. And so this is the norm? Norm, yeah. Yeah, I was I was blown away. I was like, yeah, it's not like I was like, I need a longer. top. I want a top. So then can I just get a top? <laughs> but if you if it's available in the store, yeah, then you can. And you know, we 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 stock our store every week. So there's a sense of urgency. Yeah. So, so if you want something as a customer, better be there first. Or yes, else. If it's exactly, gone, it's gone. Exactly. You wait. You wait for however exactly. long you wait. Exactly. But it's because, first of all, I mean, it, the, the business is. Just, so hard. I, mm. I mean, a lot of a lot of brands are um, production is not easy. Yes, bringing like you know every like finding your fabrics. You know, like, let's say you you source your fabrics in Nigeria, yeah. and then the supplier tells you it's not available. They have to wait until next. Like it's very mm. it's like the consistency of it. Yeah. It's so tough. Um, and I think it's really important for people for consumers to mm. understand the process so mm. they so don't, because sometimes they think ah you know how come we don't have this how come we don't do this and mm. it's like we are literally building an industry yeah us designers yeah um and not with not very much support mm. we're literally doing it ourselves there are no guilds no they're no guilds they're no guilds <laughs> there's none of that you know there's no designers and or textile guilds exactly no guilds. exactly so we're all doing it very individually yeah. all doing it on even another thing is that we don't come together Mm. as designers on our own to kind of build something yes you know everyone is kind of keeping themselves keeping their seat and i i completely understand mm. that nigeria is a very corporate place yeah so you're kind of doing it on your own so contract manufacturing oh, all no. of that contract manufacturing where yeah <laughs> but it all makes sense though yeah it would make sense but then you have we don't have an industry that has that at the moment yeah because you have to take you have to take a it takes that that's like a long term mm. you know when you think about having the full value chain mm. out of nigeria that's it takes a really long time wow and it will be so expensive yes because yeah i mean me purchasing fabric from nigeria versus abroad nigeria mm. will be 100 times more expensive wow yeah because of, you know the light situation, the water situation. The well, I've situation. already learned that a bar of soap is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how? How? I, I, I literally this morning I woke up and it, it literally hit me, and I was like, I needed yeah. to. I needed to actually just get it out because <laughs> a part of me couldn't believe yeah. that that was like. It's a bar of soap made in Nigeria, so yeah. it's not imported. Like yeah. if you said, okay, it's imported. It I understand. Yes. Yeah. And There's it's something. Yeah. No, just <laughs> standard. And I was like, okay, this is a problem. It's yeah. a real problem. Mm-hmm. What's next? If I can ask you the question, what's next in your mind's eye? Like we've talked about some of the challenges and stuff, but what's next? Do you feel, if you could predict. The fairy one, mm-hmm. um, Africa fashion or African fashion. I'm not sure if I like the idea of categorizing it like that, but you know what I mean. What's next? I think, I think everyone is like getting. I I feel like a lot more people are getting involved in the industry, not on yeah. just the design level, mm. but different parts like manufacturing, yeah. um, even from communications like mm. press and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So I think the industry is definitely growing. Yeah. 
Now, what I hope for mm. is we're able to keep this momentum up and actually build an industry where I can have a, I can literally, I, I have my manufacturer in Nigeria yes. and I can, you know, say I want 100 of these tops and they deliver them to me perfectly okay, yeah. with no issues and we're exporting and it's not this import exports mm. you know it's it's, it's just yes, seamless, seamless you know yeah so i really hope that we're able mm. to kind of create something and it's not like this hype that fizzles out mm. and then we all try and flee yeah <laughs> <laughs> um what keeps you up at night um, what keeps you up at night thinking of next designs what do you do next um, is that constant for you? Yeah, constantly creating in my mind. Yeah. How much of what you intend to create is is stuff we get to see? Um, I think maybe fifty percent. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. What do you do with the remaining fifty? It's all in the book. <laughs> And I, I kind of build, you know, I kind of build on ideas. It okay. takes me a while. So even some prints, yeah. I've been designing them for like a year. Oh wow! And then I finally have, I finally, I'm ready to put this out now. And oh, then, wow. So I do have like, yeah, I have a lot of designs, a lot of ideas all the time. Oh wow! Yeah. I say that that I have like tons of products that I've like <laughs> made, and I'm just sitting on them, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll put it out exactly. one day. Exactly. And you yeah. never know, the right time will come. Mm. And, you know, yeah. and the money will come. Yeah. Because some, like, some things you look at it and go, eh, I don't know if this is going to, like, you're not exactly. sure if it's going to work. Exactly. It's a bit of a risk. Yeah. Yes. And then you yes. kind of go, mm, I'll just shelve that for a minute. Yes. I'll come back to it. Exactly. Come back. And then you see someone, you go, I made that thing already. So, <laughs> maybe I should have done it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> As definitely they say, a, a good idea is never is never unique. Yeah. Um, and and in fashion, it's it's who who beats you to the exactly to the, to the finish line. Exactly. exactly. Um, what's next in terms of December's coming? Christmas. Yes, Christmas. Is Christmas. Coming. We are expanding our store. Amazing. Which is amazing. Actually, the first time I'm saying it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> We're expanding our store, so we'll have. Yeah. A nice like shop opening so it's in the Amazing. same location where we are but yeah. we're just um making it bigger taking up that yes. square footage yes so that's really exciting <laughs> yeah um and obviously our new collection will be in store for people to come and buy for christmas um and yeah that's what we have planned and where can we find you on the internet bankhackiki.com Amazing. And at Bank on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you so much Thank for, for joining us on this week's episode. All the links and stuff are in the show notes. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for having me. Bye. <laughs> One, two.